Hello everyone, Brian here. If you'd like to support the Head Games Podcast, I encourage you to check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com forward slash headgamespodcast, games spelled G-A-M-S, of course. There's all kinds of exclusive content and perks waiting for you over there, so please go ahead and check us out, and thank you as always for your support. everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Head Games Podcast. I am your host, Brian Gottlieb. Here with me, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Jonathan Carter. Hey, Mr. Carter, tell me, where have you been? Where have I been? I just got back from New York visiting my sister and some fam. Spent a long weekend up there. It was great. Super relaxing. Just played some games, ate a lot of food, all the good holiday stuff, you know? That sounds like an ideal holiday. I'm going to be honest. I was I was setting you up for a rap lyric quote with with that mm. intro. I don't know if you're a little Wayne fan, but I am off the Carter three. Yeah, you should have picked yeah. up on that one. You're never going to get know. it again either. That was your one I chance know. to drop bars on the Head Games podcast, and you missed it. Damn, that's that, that's <laughs> like my that that is still my current pre hockey like drive to hockey uh, album. Actually, that's the Carter three, right? Yeah, that one's on. That's three. Uh, I'm listening to his latest album on the way hockey. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I thought the latest album was good. It was, it was a nice return to form for Lil Wayne. Yeah. Maybe he's been listening to the Head Games podcast and you <laughs> Maybe. Know, psyching himself up a little bit. Who knows? If you want to be on Lil Wayne, you just you just hit us up on Twitter. We'll get you, we'll get you on the cast. We'll, we'll get you some exposure. Yeah, why not? We'll, we'll throw him a bone. Uh, so I, I'm super glad you you had a good holiday, though. I am also in the midst of my holidays winding down. We had some family here that I was very, very happy to see. Janelle's aunt and uncle came and spent a few days with us around the Christmas season, which was great. Unfortunately, uh, my wife got sick on the day before Christmas. So oh, no. it, yeah, it kind of killed our Christmas plans. We were going to go uh, snowboarding on Christmas Day, hoping to kind of take advantage of some lesser crowds and, you know, get some, some nice runs in, but yeah, she was ill, missed out on that, but still a a good holiday season. And we're not through yet. We have one more tentpole of the holiday trifecta. We do. We've done Thanksgiving, we've, we've done Christmas and now we're headed into new years. And obviously there are replacements for those holidays as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to discount anyone's experience there. I hope everyone had a great Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, anything else you want to celebrate. I hope it was fantastic for you, but we're going to come up on our new years and we want to talk a little bit about that because as you know, for years and years and years, people have been setting their new year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. And today we want to talk about goal setting, the type of goal setting that is so important this time of the year. And I guess we can start right there. Jonathan, what do, th- what do you think about the fact that people as a whole seem to use this New Year's season as the one time a year where they want to double down on these resolutions <laughs> and try and turn their life around in the span of just a few weeks? I have a feeling it's not going to be your favorite approach and you would prefer a little bit more balance as far as these things go. Well, it's, I mean, why would I talk bad about it? It's great. Everyone Monday night is just going to be clinking some champagne glasses and they're going to get a lot of really good ideas for 2019 and they're going to tell someone or not tell someone they're going to do them and then they're going to do them, right? The months later, every goal is achieved and it works every time. 
Well, I don't want to say it never works. I mean, I, I've come through our New Year's resolutions. I'll say yeah. that. I've, I've had some some big ones, some meaningful ones, but I detect the sarcasm in your voice. <laughs> I, I know yeah. there is a better way to do these things. Right. I, I'm not saying that no one comes through with them, but like for, for me, the gym will be the most telling uh, telling example. Like I was right. at the gym today and there were six other people and I'll go to the gym a week from today. So mid next week and it will be packed and that's great. Like I, I hope it's clear by now. I am fully supportive of people making changes to better themselves, to get healthier, to be fit. And the problem for me isn't next Wednesday, Thursday when everyone's there. It's that like fast forward four weeks from that. And it's going to be the six people I saw today who I saw last month and then month of four. And it's not that the act of setting goals is, is bad. I think it can be leveraged. Like we have this nice reminder every year. It's like, Oh crap. Well, maybe there's some things in 2018. I didn't want it or like I, I wanted to do and I forgot about them. And here's a day that I'm allowed to, reflect on what I want the next year to be. And when people do that thoughtfully, it can be really useful. And and you've mentioned that you've been successful in New Year's resolutions. I think the problem is most of the time people don't put thought into it. It's just like, oh yeah, like 2019, that's going to be my year. It's going to be great. It's going to be the new me. And then that's it. And they just hope it happens randomly. Change out of a sense of obligation is very unlikely to actually yield effective change. Like if you feel your job right now, and you'll probably be listening to this, what what did we say on New Year's Eve, this is going to come out or on New Year's Eve, Eve? Eve, Eve, it should be. Okay. So, so you're right in the midst of it. You're, ab- yeah. you're about to have your New Year's Eve celebration when you're listening to this episode, hopefully. And there's good stuff to be done in that time. But if you're only doing it because you feel like you have to be able to present a new year's resolution to your friends, family, loved ones. That's problematic. You have to own these things. You have to want them. Goal setting is challenging. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's lots of hurdles we have to overcome to accomplishing all these goals because if they weren't difficult, we'd already be doing them. right? Right. I mean, and obviously you've noted it would be a positive thing to make this type of change. So uh, if there was no challenge, you would have already adopted it. So our goal today And we're going to do this by virtue of talking about some of our own goals for the coming years. Yes, we're doing this thing right now. We're doing the goal setting, but we're going to try and find ways to make this process of goal setting more effective. And maybe we won't even start these changes when the new year chimes. Maybe these are things we're going to look to do throughout the year. And we're just kind of taking stock right now, which I think it's always good to take stock. It's always good to check in with yourself. But I, I know you have some frameworks you want to talk about, Jonathan. Do you want to talk about broad frameworks first or do you want to get into our individual goals that we're going to try and achieve and apply the frameworks that way? Let's just, I'll set the stage for I think where I'd like to go with this episode and then we can dive into just talking about ours. Because like, I want to be clear, like New Year's resolutions are are fine. They're great. It's just, you mentioned, I I think you used the phrase like they just people set goals and then they think they're going to happen. Like the, the idea of setting a goal doesn't get you to completion. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong on New Year's is like, Oh, this will be so great to happen. And obviously like if you value the change that that's awesome, but you can't just wake up each day without anything, any, any like deliberate steps being taken 
and get there most of the time. Like you need to actually do something to have these goals happen. And so, yeah, it doesn't happen, have to happen that night. It doesn't happen to happen in the first week, but hopefully by the end of this episode, we'll revisit a little bit of the stuff we talked about in terms of motivation and goal setting before. But the idea is like, how do we, between me and Brian or you as listeners tackle the new year in a deliberate way? Awesome. And I also think you're talking about getting a new workbook out. Is that right? You want to have a a kind of written component for our Patreon supporters that they can lean on in this quest? Yeah, it'll be out next week. Parts of it touch on some of the last episodes we went over. So uh, there's an area on imagery on getting yourself into that like zone of optimal functioning. We talked about how emotions can prime you to perform at your best. And we'll make sure that we include a piece on goal setting. It's not going to like accomplish 2019 for you, but it should at least get you thinking about the steps you can take to kick off whatever your goals are starting on the right foot. Very cool. And just as a quick reminder, we're now sharing all of our Patreon rewards, any kind of vlogging or workbooking that we do. It's going to go to every single Patreon supporter, regardless of the level of support you're at. We wanted a more... I don't want to say socialist. People get very angry at that word these <laughs> inclusive. days. Inclusive. Inclusive. Thank you, Jonathan. That's a, that's a great choice of words, um, but kind of secretly socialist at the same time. Uh, we wanted a more inclusive way of sharing our content with all of you. And this is what we settled on. So you can always check us out over at patreon.com forward slash head games podcast. But with all that said, kick us off, Jonathan, start us on our path to new goals in 2019. What are we doing here? How do we start this process? I think one of the easiest and oftentimes fun things to do is uh, make a wish list. Sometimes they're called bucket lists. Just for me, either when I've done that or clients have gotten an opportunity to like write down or just think about all the cool things that they wish they could accomplish. A lot of times it's like broader. We're talking more long term, but at least for, for this episode, let's just structure for you and me, the things we want to focus on for 2019. So let's just start off talking what you and me want to do. Okay. I'm go first. So, me too. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Cool. But maybe I want to even <laughs> I want to put one more fork in the road before we get sure. there. Because I have my goals and, and I know what I want to talk about. But one of the things I struggled with, and maybe struggle isn't the right word, because I have some thoughts on this, but I want to hear your take. There, there's this dichotomy between setting very specific goals, you know, something like I want to be able to bench press 300 pounds, or I want to run a marathon, or you know, anything you can think of that's a very specific task, discrete task that you want to accomplish. And then there's broader stuff. You know, I want to be more positive in the next year. I, I want to expand my career in some fashion. Where do you kind of fall on broad goals versus specific goals? Is there something that you feel is more effective? Is it a per person thing? Give me your take and then I'll share how I feel about it. Sure. I think they're both important but the those broader long-term or like some of them end up being like character goals like parts of you you want to change i think they're hard to accomplish if you don't get at least specific about pieces of it so like if you want to be a healthier person great that's awesome like it's definitely something that you can take steps to strive towards but 
you also need to be thinking really concretely, like what are the pieces that make up? Like, so I think a lot of those broad goals you're talking about end up being really nebulous or, or just vague in the way that people describe them. And that if that's all you do, it's really hard to think about like where it is you're going to. And if you don't know where you're going, it's really hard to like make a roadmap. So I want to push back okay. from my place of zero expertise cool. and just <laughs> that's completely. What you're here for. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I. That's what I lend <laughs> to the cast. Just, just my own way of going about things, and one of the reasons we came to this task, uh, listeners of our sister podcast, the Game Podcast, will possibly have listened to our cast from this week at this point. And at the end of the cast, we took a listener question, which really. Uh, drove us down this path of how to set goals, what kind of goals are most efficient. And Jerry and I gave our layperson opinions because we have no specific training or information the way you do, just what works for us. And for me, I prefer really broad goals because I can put them in my life in a fashion that works for me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being true to myself, like I see the problem with a very broad goal, if you don't feel like you have the relationship with yourself where you can count on yourself and, and trust mm-hmm. yourself to give an honest assessment of whether you're doing the right things to reach that goal or you know you, you need some kind of check-in mechanism, I can see the problem with a nebulous goal in that case. But for me, having that adaptability makes things feel like... I can accomplish so much more and I don't get fixated on just one point, which honestly may not present as much value to me. Hmm. And we talked about this a lot in the context of competition and, you know, our main form of competition is magic. And in magic, there's things like pro club levels that are basically determined by your prior year's results. And then you get certain benefits, but you could apply this to really any competition. You could apply it to league of legends. I want to hit diamond or you know uh, if you're playing street fighter you want to hit platinum whatever you're playing there's usually some marker that you can point to to say i want to be that good and i hate those markers i i think they're so harmful to chase that specific thing because it ignores so much of the process and if you have a good honest relationship with yourself and with your your training habits i think it's so much more effective to just say i want to improve at League of Legends this year. I want to be better at Street Fighter by the end of this year. And if you're doing those things, you are likely to achieve those climbs and those Mm. specific accolades, but you don't have the same kind of disappointment because in a lot of these things, there's an element of randomness a lot of the times. uh, And also just other things can get in the way. So you can achieve tremendous, tremendous growth as a magic player over the course of a year and have worse results than you had in the prior year. Mm-hmm, That's a hundred percent possible. And maybe some other sports, it's a, not quite as pointed, but in, in magic where there's a lot of variance, I think it is very plausible that things could go that way. So because of those reasons, I really like to move away from these hard focus goals, unless I'm using them as what I call tent poles. And I would define a tent pole as a way of saying, okay, either I'm going to do this thing or I need to find a new path. And I use this as a way to kind of keep myself honest. I did it when I was in law school. I said I wanted to you know, finish in the top 10% of my class or I would drop out because I didn't think from a financial standpoint, it made sense to continue with the rest of my education. And I know people have done it with magic because magic is expensive to play on a quasi-professional level. So they say, okay, if I don't hit this level, I'm going to stop traveling so much for magic. So 
does anything I'm saying here make sense? Is there merit to not wanting to tie myself to these really hard pinpoint goals in the coming year? Yeah, I think I think that context, like when we're talking competition or even just rank in like esports, like that kind of thing, I think that makes a lot of sense what you're talking about. And I and I don't think not having those like you said tent poles or like I think of them as like milestones you're trying to achieve. I think that's fine because I agree in, in a lot of athletics, traditional or electronic like that I've worked with. It's a lot better for people to just focus on getting better because in most competitions, if you improve, like you will see results. It's there isn't a ton of variance in a lot of competitive endeavors. And so if I'm focusing on getting better, like over time, I'm going to see those results happen. And I completely agree that that's a good way to go about it. It doesn't necessarily apply in like you mentioned earlier, the idea of wanting to bench 300 pounds, like me saying I want to get stronger might work. But if, if someone does say like their goal is they want to be stronger and then they end up actually being stronger, I think what I'm saying is if you are able to be self-regulated, self-directed and achieve those smaller pieces that lead up to that like big nebulous goal, then it's probably not who I'm talking to. But I think for a lot of people, they don't naturally break down these bigger goals into more manageable or more directed chunks. And that's where it prevents them from getting to it. So I think, I think I completely agree with milestones, like the idea of certain achievements. Cause even if we think like sports teams, a lot of times at the beginning of the season, they want to win X, Y, Z, like playoff championship conference, whatever it is. And there's a lot of elements of that, that you can't control, but like, it's okay to set that. But they also should be setting the goal of like week after week, we're trying to get better at whatever we play and they can achieve that and not necessarily win the championship because something else happened or like they just didn't play well one game, but they very well can still be a better team by the end of the season. And I think that's fine to like have both, but like the the process I think is what you're talking about. And yeah, I, I agree that focusing on that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So much of it is going to be, per individual, right? And I think we're going to see that as I now, I'm going to share my first personal goal because it segues really well to this. In fact, you spoiled me. Mm. My personal goal in this year is to find myself in better health at the start of next year. Okay. And again, a nebulous goal without any tent posts. And let me share why I chose to phrase it this way. Because I think if I were to say, I want to be 10 pounds lighter or I want to have eaten better for a whole year, or I want to have, I don't know, visited my doctor regularly. If I just put like these hard line determinations on this goal, it takes away a lot of my potential, I feel. Mm. Because if I do things like that, well, that's if I say I want to lose 10 pounds, that doesn't account for the possibility of me generating a lot of muscle and you know being yeah. super fit when the year comes and then I could be disappointed that I didn't achieve that hard goal but in actuality I've you're gotten like Arnold myself Schwarzenegger to a, and you're Sure like- <laughs> yeah I've I've gotten myself to a better place I mean that seems unlikely but yeah, yeah. you you get what I'm saying and then right. things like regular doctors visits like well maybe I'm just healthy and maybe I just need to go for my 
yearly physical and and that's enough. But the reason I wanted to go so broadly like this is because I identify some things in my current approach to health that are not optimal. Mm -hmm. I don't think I eat anywhere near optimally. I think I can do a much better job of that. I think while I am in the midst of marathon training and I certainly run so much and I'm getting to the point where I want to run less, not because I don't like running. I do. I'm just spending so many hours a week (laughs) running at this point that it's like (laughs) I want to reclaim some of that time. And once I do the marathon, I think I'm going to switch to kind of speed training and just shorter, like maybe two, three and a half mile runs per day and just trying to get my three and a half mile time down further and further as low as I can. Okay. Because I have to get some of this time back. <laughs> yeah. It's just You're ridiculous. Like when I, right now. <laughs> yeah. I go out for my run and three hours later I'm home. It's like, it's crazy. But yeah. Uh, Actually, that's, before that's this cast for everyone, like Brian messaged me when we were like planning on when to cast and he's like, Hey, I'm going out for a run. Like the next line was, I'll be on in two hours. <laughs> and like, yeah. for me, it's like, uh, okay. For me, like going out for a run, if I were to do, it'd be like a, a 20 minute thing. <laughs> Right. It's just crazy now. And it's fine. I, I set this goal and I am going to achieve it and I'm I'm happy I'm doing it, but uh, I'm looking forward to changing it. But okay. anyway, it just feels like I can do so much more. And I mentioned like doctor's visits. It's been over a year since I had my last physical. That's not mm-hmm. ideal. I should take care of that. Things like going to the eye doctor, all these things that because I don't have pressing issues, I just go, eh, I'll put it off to the side, but those things are important. You need to take care of your ongoing health and, you know, get your regular checkups and all that kind of stuff. So I want to do a better job of that. I want to diversify my workouts. I talked about changing the way I run. I also, uh, another drawback of spending that much time running is that when I come back from a two or three hour run, I'm sure you can imagine, I don't want to hit the gym right afterwards. Like it's, it's not super high in my priority list. I could, this is an excuse. I'll acknowledge that uh, there's many people who will go out for a three hour run and then go to the gym, mm-hmm. but I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to find that kind of motivation. So that's why I chose to just say, better health. And I want to keep track of these things and take steps in all aspects of overall health. And then I think, honestly, when the end of next year comes, I'll be able to look at what I've done, where I'm at, make an honest assessment of whether I've achieved that goal and think about why I did or didn't achieve that goal. So so what do you think about that? How does that sit with you? Yeah, I I think it makes sense because like, there's also pieces of it that you are breaking it down into. I'm curious right. when you think about this goal of like healthier Brian by end of 2019, like what are the benefits to seeing that goal to completion? Like if you could picture, like let's say it is this week, 2019, a year from now, like what does that look like? What do you get out of achieving that healthier goal? So I think it would help me feel better about myself. I think, you know, health is always something that we internalize really aggressively. Like it Mm -hmm. it says a lot about how we feel about ourselves. So being in better health would help there. I think about just athletics, being better at any sports I happen to participate in, which, you know, my participation in organized sports at this point, is pretty rare. It's not super often I get together and play basketball, but maybe that's something I could look to add on to my you know, getting healthier. Maybe I'm more involved in uh, organized athletics. I would say that one of the things that happens when I'm particularly fit is that an interest in fashion picks back up 
Like if I'm not taking great care of myself, I'm, I'm not super concerned with how I'm dressing. It's just <laughs> not super important to me. Yeah. Um, but when I'm like really into it, it's something I actually do really appreciate. And I used to be uncomfortably into fashion. And I say that based on the damage it did to my bank account. Um, <laughs> but it, it was something I really cared a lot about. Yeah. And I think there's a healthier way to engage with fashion than, you know, spending loads and loads of money on it. But it, it really doesn't come for me if I don't see myself as in particularly good shape or particularly healthy at the time. And then there's just like long life being there for my wife. The, the yep, more I yep. take care of myself, the odds are just in my favor of, you know, being present on this earth, which is important to me. So mm-hmm. I, I think all those things play into why this is an important goal for me. Okay. Yeah. And I get the fashion thing. Like you mentioned just the internalizing of health. I think it's a lot easier for us or not, not even easier. We just have like a greater desire of completing like the, the presentation of us. If we think like Hmm. there's already a a lot of good stuff to like show off. (laughs) So (laughs) what about on the flip side? Like what will make it difficult to carry through that goal for the entire year? Uh, injury. Injury okay. is always a fear. Um, when we were talking about working out, you know, I lost basically three months of working out to my shoulder surgery. And actually, even time before the surgery itself, when I was just in tremendous pain, I lost a lot of workout time. Uh, obviously, with running, there's always the risk of developing some kind of repetitive motion injury or bone spurs or some kind of plantar fasciitis, all those things are in play. So Mm -hmm. injury is very frightening for me. I I definitely live in fear of that. Other things that could get in the way, time. I mean, let's Mm -hmm. be honest, part of the reason I'm able to pursue things like marathon running is my very unorthodox schedule. And if you listened to last week's episode, you already know I'm adding more and more things to my plate basically Mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, (laughs) So I could certainly find myself with less time in the coming year. Those are the two things that immediately spring to mind. I'm sure I could come up with more if I sat down and, you know, really parsed out what could get in the way of these goals. Yeah. I think top of mind is, is what I'm going for. It doesn't seem like there's that much in the way though. Like, would you say it's pretty realistic to be able to plan like how to prevent injury or at least be better about injury if it happens. And like, think about how you can manage your time or just consider like the the stuff you're adding to your plate. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Injury is one of those things where a lot of times my approach is hope it doesn't happen. But if we're being honest, there are steps I could be taking to mitigate the chance of injury, you know, proper stretching routines, more yoga, getting more limber, Weight is another one. I mean, it kind of ties into the main goal, but carrying less weight certainly makes repetitive motion and things like uh, impact-related injury much less probable. So so sure, there's definitely ways I can get out in front of that. And then my time management doesn't have to be great right now Mm -hmm. because I have the freedom I have. But when that is reduced, I can find ways to be more efficient with my time and you know, more focused and and get more done in a shorter period of time, without a doubt. Yeah. And with the health, you also mentioned like you want to focus on eating a little bit better, visiting doctors, like doctors are good at figuring out 
injuries or, or bad stuff before they happen. Like they notice indicators before we do. Mm-hmm. So I, overall, like looking at that goal, it seems like the benefits far outweigh the obstacles. So th- that's pretty cool. Uh, like what we just did is a, is a quick version of, I believe I've mentioned it on another episode, but I think it was just in passing. The concept called mental contrasting. The researcher is Gabriel Otengen, if you want to look her up. Um, but the whole idea is when you are setting a goal, if you just visualize, like we, we talked it out, but you can do this in your head too, just all of the the benefits, the outcomes, what it's going to look like when this goal comes to fruition. And then you then spend equal amount of effort. It doesn't have to be the same amount of time. Just thinking about like, what's all the stuff that could get my way? Why wouldn't I want to do this goal, et cetera? Like that contrast, mental contrasting, because you're you're contrasting two things in your head. If it's a goal that like the benefits far outweigh the obstacles, it energizes us because like we can see that wow, that, like that that's really cool that all that stuff would happen as a result of doing this goal. And eh, it's like it's really not that bad. Get like not that hard, get, yeah. Right, yeah. like time management and like watching out for injury. Like you can Google both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the on the flip side, if we if, if for some reason. Brian listed like 17,000 obstacles and getting healthy was like, eh, like, I guess it's cool. We just spent, I don't know, five minutes. And instead of spending six months struggling through a goal that doesn't actually fire him up or connect with his values, he gets it out of the way now. And like, we don't like jump into something that's not necessarily destined for failure, but like, it's not something you're jazzed up about. And what it also does is those obstacles give us a nice starting roadmap to try to be intentional with some of the stuff that gets in the way. Explain that a little bit more. So like you mentioned that like the the injury and like time management would be like the, the biggest two things that would potentially get you off course of, of being healthier by the end of 2019. And so now you're mindful of that before even getting into it. And so... I imagine it's going to be top of mind, at least sometimes when you're working on fitness, eating, et cetera, that like injury is a real thing that could hijack this goal from you. Similarly, when the 20th person asks you to do (laughs) another job, like time management might balance in your head of, can I still be living this healthy life if I take on this other activity? And instead of just charging head on into this goal and then running into an obstacle for for the first time and never having thought about it. Now you at least, you don't necessarily have a a concrete plan of what you're going to do, but it's at least planted that idea in your head. Yeah. I have to say going through this process verbally, this doesn't necessarily fit with the way I often learn and do goals, but in, in certain instances, I find a really pronounced desire to have a physical representation of the thing I'm doing. Hmm. And in this case, when I'm talking about this goal, I would love to go out and do this process on a tremendous sheet of paper and hmm. have it posted on a wall in my house. And yeah. I've, I've done this before in the past when I was working on certain projects where I literally basically wallpapered a room in my house <laughs> with, I use the backside of this weirdo like brick paper that was cheap on Amazon. I don't know why it was so cheap, <laughs> but I was able to basically paper the entire room for a very small amount of money. 
And then I would just walk around the room, writing notes, drafting things, Hmm. uh, having ideas all over the place. And it served as a visual reminder of the project I was working on all the time. So if I was in that room, I was basically visually assaulted by all these things I wanted to do. And for me, it really solidified the goal I was working on and, and the thing I was trying to achieve. And I think in this case, I'm feeling some of that desire. It's really hard to put it into words. It's just like nagging at the side of my brain. Yeah. But with this specific goal, I would love to have a visual representation of it. It's just a way to check in. And, and you know, like you said, if you're thinking about these things, the upsides are so huge. The obstacles are so small. Get it done. Why wouldn't I get it done when I display those things in front of my face and and think about the end result? It's a really powerful piece of motivation to be constantly reminded visually for me. Yeah. And just thinking about like this particular goal for you, like if you were to do that same process, I mean, maybe you think of a workout routine that you want to try, but like you're, you're not going to the gym right now. So like you write that down somewhere or like there's a good stretching routine, like, or a good meal that you want to try, like all sorts of, I've done it in the past, not I haven't wallpapered paid a room, but I think that would actually work for me because like whiteboards are generally where I would like write down like stream of consciousness stuff. But I've set yep. like wallpaper backgrounds or the background of my phone to a visual that reminds me of something. Mm. So one that stands out is a few years ago prior to a shoulder injury, I was working out like twice a day, getting very, very probably the fittest in my life and doing a lot of like fitness type competitions. I think I've mentioned mine here before, like CrossFit type stuff um, with the goal of like making regionals in in the CrossFit games. And so like the background of my computer, my phone, uh, a a sign in my office was just like the CrossFit logo. And it was just like this, I can't help but like see my computer when I booted up at work every day. And so it was just like a little visual cue of like, hey, go to the gym at lunch, go to the gym after work. This is the goal you're working on. And and it didn't spell it out for me, but at least like force my brain groggy in the morning to, hey, that's the goal. That's part of what we're doing today. Yeah, I like that approach. That's very cool. I I think that wraps up what I want to say about this goal. I think that process was super useful. Why don't you hit me with one of your goals and do the same for yourself? I I would love to hear what your process looks like. Okay. I I had two goals in mind to talk about. One's really simple and I wouldn't necessarily use this process. And so that's, I think, worth talking about is... Like really weigh this process out if it's something bigger, like Brian hmm. being healthier. Like that's that's a big goal. There's a lot that goes on there. One of mine, very simple, I just want to read more. And so very simply, I'm, re- I'm going to read at least one new book a month. I have a few already in an Amazon cart. I, I don't need a massive, massive plan to do that. It's just accountable at the end of the month that I read it. Cool. If I didn't, figure out what excuse I'm giving myself and change it. See, I kind of hate your goal because <laughs> to me, doesn't it make more sense to say to yourself, I want to read in these time slots and give yourself like an hour before bed or, you know, when I'm on the subway every day Yeah, and just, just have windows to put this activity in as opposed to say, I want to read one book because like, well, okay, you read a Robert Jordan book and it was 1,100 <laughs> pages long and there was nothing you could do about it. You weren't finishing that book this Right, month. right, right. So like I, I mostly read nonfiction. They, they're all like very attainable. And like, yeah, uh, when I get down to it, I'll be think it will likely be right before bed. I'll have like a bit more of a thought out plan. But like at least right now, 
I have a, I, I picked out a few books earlier this week that I intend to read. They're in an Amazon cart and like, that's like step one of me doing it. And then, mm. yeah, I'll at some point figure out more deliberately, like where in my life are, am I fitting these? If I notice that it's not going to happen, I read very quickly. And like, I've done this in the past. I've just kind of let it slip the past few months. And so I just want to like get back in the habit of doing it, which is, yeah, which I'm, is why I'm, I'm obviously being nitpicky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Much bigger though. Uh, I want to increase going about deliberately branding and my non current day job work. We've talked numerous times about my side work tends to be largely with esports or individual performers. And I have, I, I don't want to say never, but like I've very rarely deliberately sought out any of the side work that comes to me. It's just kind of word of mouth. And I do a very deliberate job of being good at what I do. And hopefully my reputation then gets people to tell other people about me. But it's kind of silly because I love all of that side stuff. Not to say I don't enjoy my day job, but like uh, maybe it's talking to you on this cast every week and, and in between, like you have a lot of freedom and you get to do only what you enjoy. And that's pretty sweet. And so in 2019, a large overarching goal is to work on my brand, work on growing head games, work on side stuff. Part of it would be upping my social media game, which if anybody listening is good at social media, please explain it to me. I think I've had Facebook since it was invented and I probably average like two posts a year. And so like, I know Facebook isn't a big thing like Twitter is, and I'm like trying to work on my Twitter game, but I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so like that, that's part of it too. I, I totally understand because I, I think my Twitter game is mostly okay. Like it's at least functional, yeah, but yeah. when it comes to like Instagram oh, or God. Snapchat, like <laughs> I, I legitimately do not know what Snapchat is. Here's the part of the show where I sound incredibly old and out of touch. Like I, I have some vague idea what it is. I've seen things that I think are Snapchats before. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about how it works. I don't know if it's something I should be doing in service of what I do for a living. I think you um, like, I think everyone would tell you you should be, I have it. And it, it's just like quick snippets of video and, and you can chat on it. I'll tell you the, the times that I open Snapchat are like every holiday or like big occurrence team Snapchat will like blast everyone a stupid, like basically electronic card and it puts up a notification on my phone. And I just hate when I have notifications. So I'll just like open it, click through it and close Snapchat until the next time. (laughs) That's all the usage. That's my Snapchat usage. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's probably not appropriate for someone who does what I do for a living. I probably need to know more about these things. So I I get where you're coming from. I, I totally feel you. So uh, to walk through it, yeah, just benefits are given I've had pretty good success without putting deliberate effort into business that I think if I actually put effort into it, made an effort to be more known, have a brand. And and in that, I think like when I say brand, part of it is figuring out like what is the, the content that people want from somebody with my knowledge, experience, expertise. And so I obviously have stuff to say because we get on our computer and record this cast a bunch of times. And 
Like I don't run out of stuff to talk about, but like when I sit down and I'm like opening Twitter and I like, I read other stuff, I'm like, I don't know what to tweet. Like, I don't think anyone wants to hear the crap that I, that I would type out. But, but I think if I did that, I would likely be able to sustain a profession of solely working with organizations or people. But I think a lot of where I've moved my career is to just like help organizations be better at managing the well-being of their people. And I think that would be super fun to just do every day. When I was in Portland a few weeks ago, like I woke up, I I wake up early every day, but like I woke up early on one of the days and just like walked to this local coffee shop down the street. And just like, for me that, that like painted this picture of, wow, if I was like my own, my own person, like I could just do this and start my day when I wanted. And like, I, I wrote back some years ago on the internet, like some stuff about performance psych in an esports context, like, so maybe getting back into writing again. But I think the benefits of that would just be awesome based on the freedom and just constantly doing what I want with it. Obstacle wise, I got to figure out like how to, how to do the whole branding thing. I know there's like ample resources out there. So it's a matter of just figuring out how to do it deliberately because I clearly haven't this many years later. I I don't know that it's a time management thing because I'm pretty good at getting stuff done when I need to, but it's probably just like finding an expert in doing like building a brand, et cetera, and, and talking with them, paying them, whatever it is. And I think there's also a lot of comfort in having a day job that I also utilize my expertise in I get to help a very awesome grateful population but it's like comfortable I've had this job for a while so like going out and being an entrepreneur is super risky right so I think that the risk is an obstacle but I I think I think comes down to mainly just like knowing what to do like having a game plan for it and also just like understanding and balancing that risk I want to call back to your benefits analysis for a second, mm-hmm. if I can. Yeah. Do you think I, I listened to your explanation of your benefits in pursuing this goal and it feels light to me. I can think of some more, many more benefits to you in, in pursuing this mm. line of work. I, I mean, is that, well, that's part of my question. Is mm. it intentional on your part to kind of leave your benefits more nebulous or do you consider that like kind of your exhaustive list? Do you think you're hitting on all the benefits of making that kind of change? No, it's probably not exhaustive. I think it's just me trying to come up with them spur of the moment while we're talking. I, I think right. this can be a process that you can benefit walking through it with somebody else a lot of times because they can point out things that you're not noticing. Right, right. Yeah, that's any? that's kind of where. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's where I wanted to get to. I yeah. mean, I I think it's it was helpful for me to kind of get your feedback on my benefits. I hope I can lend the same kind of credence to you. Quite frankly, the biggest one I think you're missing is money. I oh. mean, money is important, yeah. and that's one of the things about being an entrepreneur, right? Is that like when you're taking these roles, and that's not to say these roles aren't good or noteworthy or meaningful or lucrative in so many instances, but they're capped, 
right? Like right. there's there's yeah, a yeah. limit to how you can grow. Whereas if you become the foremost expert in your field and you're you're the man when it comes to esports, you're who everyone wants to talk to, who everyone wants to hire, your earning potential is essentially limitless at that point. Right. Yeah. With that, like I, I don't deliberately seek out work. And part of it is because I do have a a very good job and right. Uh, right. Like, You're not incentivized to. Right. But, but it does allow me to just only take the work I want to take, whether that it, that combination of who the client is, what they're looking to do, what their organization organization stands for. And also like, I am very comfortable with what I'm worth and my, I, like I have a price and I either accept work or I don't. And yeah, I, I, that's absolutely like if I were to do the math and like figure that out and it's not salaried, but like, yeah, the, the earning potential is for sure higher. And that does, then that even creates more freedom for myself, for my wife, et cetera. Sure. Sure. Uh, but like you said, that's also simultaneously opening up, opening up obstacles. Like now you need to make more judicious determinations of, can I accept this work? Uh, do I have the luxury of insisting upon, this organization being completely in line with my values and goals. Are there things I'm willing to budge on? Are there things that are just complete non-starters for me? Those are all questions that you have to answer and are potential obstacles to that kind of you know, economic growth. Uh, another benefit that sprang to mind is just access to these communities. Because I know part of your passion for this line of your work comes from a deep-seated interest in the competitions themselves. I, I know you find League of Legends interesting. I know you find Magic interesting. I know you like engaging with those personalities. And one of the things is, it's so strange to me to think about how much I take for granted my exposure to the magic community. Mm. I mean, these are just the people I know. They're my friends. Mm -hmm. But when I go back 10 years and I remember just getting excited to, you know, to see these people across <laughs> right? the room. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very mind blowing to me now. And, I, you know, I don't mean to be dismissive or say that anyone who feels that way is silly. That's, that's not what I mean no. at all. It's just that I've kind of become numb to being around these really top caliber competitors. And it, it's something that I've internalized, but it does mean a lot. Like I've, I've met so many amazing, fascinating, intelligent people by virtue of this access. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the same would ring true for you if you were able to expand this part of your work. You know, if you were working with the best magic teams in the world, or, you know, you were working with an LCS League of Legends team on a weekly basis, uh, the ability to see what these people are about, to learn from them, to pick their brain, and to help them is pretty impactful and very meaningful. And uh, I don't think that should be discounted in your breakdown either. Yeah, for sure. And with that, I think what also comes with working with new populations or even just new teams in a population I've worked with before there's always a new challenge to it. And that's right, part of right. what I love about this field is like we have a lot of guiding principles and I come from similar areas of device, like a lot of time, like this isn't the first time I've talked about goal setting, but it's always a different context. It's a different person. They have slight nuances to it or that the team has challenges. And, and for me, 
I love puzzles. And so it allows a lot more puzzle solving because right. like it's just constant access to different work. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like progressing in a video game, right? Like right? The puzzle of beating the first boss is fine, but the puzzle of beating the final boss of the game is usually worth a lot more. And these are kind of like final boss level puzzles you're getting access mm-hmm. to now. And then if you play a different game, like it's a different puzzle, but it probably has some elements that are similar and then some elements that are the same, like are, are different yeah. rather. And, and it's figuring out like the right combination that that gets to that solution. Right. Spot on. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about this this overarching goal that you're going to be pursuing in the coming year? Nothing comes to mind, though I'm completely serious that I am social media dumb. So if you are listening to this, <laughs> and I can actually think of some friends who are smart on it, and I just don't ask them for help, uh, definitely hit me up on the social media that I'm good at checking but not posting on. <laughs> Give give your Twitter Twitter handle now. This is part at, of being social oh, media oh, savvy. Yeah, yeah. At Jonathan A. Carter, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. No extraneous H's or O's in there. Thank you. There we go. We'll, we'll get you there eventually. Don't worry. We'll all work as a community <laughs> and get you up to speed. So as a wrap up, one more time, as brief as you can, break down this system of goal setting for us. Talk through it. Give the bullet point version. Like you said, you'll be giving it out in this workbook you're working mm-hmm. on. But one more time for our listeners, just just lay it out. Sure. So tonight is New Year's Eve Eve. If this comes out on Sunday, tomorrow's New Year's Eve. It's great to have New Year's resolutions, to have goals, to have lofty dreams, whatever they are. And I think going through that process gets you a good idea of like, what are the ones you want to focus in on similar to what Brian and I did. And then when you find something you think is worth pursuing that that maybe defines 2019, or maybe it's something smaller, just take some time either on your own or with a friend, like what we did weigh out, talk about like, what are all the benefits, the outcomes, what's going to come as a result of completing that goal, visualize it vividly. Do the same for the obstacles. Think about what's going to stand in the way, what resources, what commitments, et cetera. And if that process energizes you, like that you find that the benefits far outweigh the obstacles, awesome. Like that that's a that's a good start for that goal. Conversely, if the obstacles really, really suck and there's not a whole lot that's gonna come from it, like either think about how can you recraft that goal to something that does make more sense for you or do something different. And then that's a, like a launching pad for you to then think about like for those obstacles that are getting in the way pre-plan for them. So when X, Y, Z happens, then I will do whatever. And it doesn't have to be a concrete plan for everything. Life's going to throw some unexpected obstacles, but it at least gets you kicking off the new year in a way that's far more deliberate than most champagne fueled new year's resolutions will be. And then we'll be here to, to work along the way. Like we're not going to just talk about these goals today. I'm sure we'll check on him at some later episode. We'll probably talk about some other techniques that'll help us along the way too. Great idea. I wish everyone the best of luck in the coming year with whatever goals you're setting now in the future, you can achieve them. I hope this process is useful in pushing you along the way and, and getting you to the you, you want to be, And we will be back soon to play some more head games. 